Spence, pass two, crosses from the right-hand side. Well, it's over the line, but the referee says there's a foul. Yeah. No, he says there's a handball. I don't know if he did. Well, the ball is already in, Wyndham. So because the ball is in the goal, goal. the hand on the ball doesn't matter. So it is a goal, and it's not a handball to stop it from going in. That's a great ball. He's onside. He's got a chance, and he scores! Get in there! Well played. What a pass. Nottingham Forest 1, Swansea City 1. All sorts of bits and pieces going on inside that 18-yard box. Here comes the corner from the right-hand side. Pushed onto the bar, oh, scrambled oh, away. Great save, Andy Fisher. Back and Forest, Johnson floats one in. Headers there, oh, it's save, Fisher Andy again. Fisher again. And again. <laughs> Lifted in, players invited to run onto oh. it and they head in. Well worked set piece, Sam Surridge gets his goal. in the middle and now Downs goes in and Forrest ride the challenge and they're on the break and they've got numbers Swansea have got players back but it's across the Surridge and he kills a beautiful oh. goal into the top corner Forrest 3 Swansea City 1 Spence deep cross against the crossbar and in it's 4-1 again for Nottingham Forest oh, as right. it was at Swansea down the middle where Forest go and they get themselves a fifth right. of the afternoon. Alex Moyton, the American substitute that came on, and the youngster gets the goal. Uh, yeah, fucking last away game of the season. 5 1, wasn't fucking great. Um, thoughts are? Um, I'm glad Saturday 3 pm kickoffs are over away from home to season, and I hope we don't have many of them next year. Pretty much the first thought, but yeah. Go on, give, give us our first impressive start to the episode. Well, it was only one away win this year on a 3 pm away kickoff, and that was the Cardiff game. So, I suppose if you're going to win any, that's the one you'd want, but yeah, it was pretty fucking shite today. In fairness, we went in level, but we rode a ruck. We rode a ruck to get in level, didn't we? Um, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, Fisher has made a few great saves, but. He, he's, yeah. had, he's had a bit of a stick. I've been going through Twitter after the game, and um, he's taken a bit. And, I, and Fuck me, he's made about he's made about fifteen saves in the last two. Yeah, years. yeah. After, do you know what? After every game, I, there, there always seems to be a scapegoat where I think, oh fucking hell, really? I thought, do you know what I mean? I've, and this week for me, it fishes it because keeper were no problem today. No, no, uh, there was nothing in front of him. We went to pieces second half. They scored early in the second half, which I don't think helped. But um, but that's happened. You know, we've spoken this before, and that's happened too many times isn't it? Uh, this season. And I said in, during the game um, when we conceded that second, that we that we tend to concede in multiples, and a game gets taken away from us too quickly. And it was Sarah scored a forty-eight and fifty-seven yeah, goal, yeah. and yeah, so we've we've had um, goals. We had a good run of form post Cardiff. Yeah. But what does the last few games tell you that we're missing going into next season? I think it's a secret that we need um, some pace to the back. Yeah, squad depth. Some pace to the back. Um, I mean, we've ended up with the defence today of our downs. Latabodia and Norton was there on the final three of the yeah, back. Yeah, I, I, and I think I think the fifth goal was particularly bad, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the we fifth watched goal it. It's, it's bad at the time. Pick up a bad bunch, you, yeah, you watch it back. But like I said, you know, 
we, we're paying a price for playing technically gifted players in defensive areas because we want to play total football. Which well, I, what which what I understand. Is, what we need is defenders who can play football. Yeah, and that's the problem because if you've got a big centre half that can win his headers, win his personal battles, um, but can also play the type of football, the brand of football we're looking to play, they generally find themselves playing in a Premier League or yeah. in Barcelona or Real Madrid. Yeah. The, if, going back to that, let's just have a unit at the back. If you have someone who will knock it down and just win the ball off the guy in front, you've got Downs and Grimes, you'll just sweep up in front of them anyway. Yeah. Because Downs, even when, like, against Bournemouth the other day, he was quite often going in front of the striker to make it difficult so he couldn't chest it down and have Norton behind him to mop it up. Having him behind that, behind the striker, is taking away a lot of it. Because at the end of the Reading game, Downs ended up going deeper and deeper. Against the Bournemouth game, he ended up going deeper. I think he came off at the end of the Reading game, sorry, and then going deeper in the Bournemouth game. And it's the same today, he ended up a centre half. And you're like, well, that's not his position, that's not his best no, role. No, no, no. No, and he's filled in for, <coughs> in there for us, but I think that's probably the prime word is filled in. And Yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to see Ethan do with us next year. I know. I think I've probably said this in the last yeah, episode he's, because he's, yeah, a perf- he's perfect. He's a perfect Martin player in terms of his versatility. He's the just coming off the back really. of probably the best career of his season in terms of games games played in Serie A as well, which is you know pretty impressive. There doesn't seem to be any noise about him getting a move to a Premier League team. He's certainly not going to get in the Chelsea side. So so why not us? What is his contract situation? I don't know, to be honest. I really don't know. I, I don't think he's due to expire. Um, and obviously, you know, affordability with his wages, we wouldn't be able to cover that in full, that's a given. But um, I just think he'd be a great player for us because if you think, you now, if you've got a player who can play a number of positions, you're adding depth to your squad with just one player. Yeah, with one player, yeah. you're covering... You can play anywhere across the back three. Right? protection. You can even play right field. wing back at a push, but he's also played defensive midfield as well. He does it seamlessly for Wales. He's a he's a clever football player, and I think he'd be a great signing for us. Um, but again, there's lots of moving parts, and when it comes to like summer transfer windows and stuff, there's a, you know there's a lot that has to happen for for us to get a player like that in. I think um, we. <laughs> We were just exposed, we say, by a ruthless team, really. Ruthless is um, right. Yeah. 17 shots yeah. on target, I think. Yeah, 17 shots on target, 27 it, it was just, shots it, total. It was almost as if they looked at us and gone, right, you, you do all your passing stuff that, that you're known for. The minute we get that ball, we're coming at you. Well, we, we said earlier, it was about 10 minutes into the game when Surridge has his first chance and tries to lob Fisher, it's a, it's a poor finish. And that was the first time we really settled in the game. And we give the ball away, what, 25 yards out from their goal, 30 yards out from their goal, and their players take a touch and chip it over the top. That was it, that was the extent of the move, and they didn't run <coughs> yeah, away. Yeah. That was and the that, game plan. That was the game plan today, is... Yeah, straight wait, over the top. Yeah, sit in, sit in shape, you know what Cooper's like, it'll be shape, 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 and when we get the ball, we hit them and we hit them quick, we hit them hard, and, and they did, and, you know, we've got to defend better. Um, some of the goals, like I said, are, you know, are criminal. Um, the, first, the, the second one, obviously, the first and the second half um, comes from a set piece, comes a header. Poor, no one's marking. Sudridge gets a free header three or four yards out. But the second one, I know Downs has tried to bring him down, but you know, Norton being as cavalry as he is, and that's fine. That's, um, inti- that's intelligence, so we yeah, said that as well. Yeah, so not, he's not, played a one yeah. two, and Norton's got to say, right, it's three one. 
steady the ship. You're the wise head at the back yeah. out of all of the defenders. Norton's, Norton's gone forward. And he, you know, he, he's, he's made the sort of defender twenty yards out, and the ball then just afterwards has sort of broken down in possession. But we've no, we're no midfield. <laughs> we, the, you know, the centre, yeah. centre, the centre yeah. of the pitch is complete directly. Yeah. The other uh, thing that was quite alarming, I, I know we've touched on him and we said, you know, yeah, Fisher made some great saves, but Morton touched on it in the first half. He's got no command of his area. No. And we are not dealing with simple crosses into yeah. our box, be it in the air or be it the ones that go across the six yard box on, uh, the, on the deck. The first goal comes we, we, we are not dealing with them well whatsoever, and it's ironic, really, because. That's what we've done in the Cooper. We, we had we had Christie we had Christie's red card recent uh, overturned, and then we equalised shortly after the goal was awarded. And I remember thinking, right, that's really gone in our favour. Yes, but and fuck me, <laughs> we still got trumps five one. I remember if we'd, if I we'd re- have gone down to ten, we'd have been bang in trouble. I remember when Christie got sent off. Obviously, he was rescinded at the time. My initial thought was this could be any fucking score ten men. Yeah, but, uh, it turns out it was eleven. By that point, though, they could have had two or three. Yeah. I think there was one from a yeah. corner just before it where yeah. somebody flicked around the corner, Fisher made a good save. There was a good block, there was a couple of crosses that came right into the six yard box and two were cleared yeah. out. Yeah. And you think, you think, he made an excellent double save, didn't he? Yeah, that yeah, one on the post. And you think, like, you're only one player running across one man and they've probably got two or three more there quite easily. Yeah. I think for goalkeepers, you need. Obviously, command of the box, an aerial presence, and a bit building a shot start. But we've obviously locked another level and gone. We need one player from the back. So today, Fisher proved that he, he is a good shot stopper. But if you're if you're not going to have those big monster defenders, for the want of a better word, you need someone who's either going to scream and shout, coordinate, yeah. coordinate, or you need one of those ones where you, you just hear the, the keeper shout coming over, and you know, as a defender, just give to get clattered because the keepers are having everything. Yeah. How, how would you rate this aside from the Zag boys, how would you rate there as an away day? Yeah, as an away day has been class. Yeah, it's um, been good. Yeah. Uh, the Swans fans are great. The atmosphere at the stadium is outstanding and yeah. fairness the, the, to them. The pre-game atmosphere, is that me, is it? Yeah. Jump off a middle seat. The pre-game <laughs> the pre-game atmosphere I thought was great. Um I, I think for the first minute or so of the game the atmosphere was great in the way and it kind of died down with Forrest which I expected up until the awarding of the penalty stroke goal because there's a lot riding on for them and once we started to play our possession game I think it settled their fans down thinking fuck you, you could feel the, the nerves starting to kick in with them and obviously they, they go 1-0 up and it, it became a bit of an open open game at that point and it, it, yeah, obviously when they've gone ahead the second half the atmosphere there was, was electric to be fair. Um, impressive ground, old school proper football stadium. Um, Twice I've been there and both times I've been there, probably two of the best away atmospheres I've ever been to. Yeah. In fairness to them. It felt like a premiership outfit. Yeah. I mean yeah. They would have like I, I think I would have been um I'd have been a teenager. Last, I mean, fuck, I'm nearly 40. I'd have been a teenager. Yeah, I would have been a teenager the last time um, they were in the Premier League, so that's a long fucking time. And am I right in thinking they went down to League One at one point? Yeah, yeah, League One with us. So, um, yeah, Bournemouth have had their stint, do you know what I mean? It's always nice to see someone new go up. They've had a, they've had a few playoff heartaches involved in us, haven't they? Yeah. In League, in League One, 
we finished sixth that first season on the jacket and it resulted in them finishing seventh. Um, they were obviously in Cooper's first season, they were in sixth when we were seventh going to the final day of the season and they lost the home to Stoke for one and we obviously beat Redden. That fucking knocked them out. And the Rogers, we obviously beat them in the semi-finals, so... Yeah, Tuesday would be massive for them, but... Um, I would go as far as saying whoever wins on Tuesday goes up all yeah, down. I think so, I yeah. Still I think so. What is it, three, Alex, three yeah. point difference Forest yeah. with a, a one goal advantage in terms of goal yeah. difference? I'm not sure who Bournemouth have gone on the final day. All to play but, for, um, yeah. You know, Arjun Forrest is going to have to win, otherwise Bournemouth just need a point. I think it's just that. I think it's just that momentum. Yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of um, a lot of talk now already. I, I think you know most of the the talk around the Swans at the moment is about next season, um, particular away days since we're uh, travelling back from Nottingham that, that you're looking forward to next year. Hopefully, Everton. Everton will be a good one. Mind Merseyside, yeah. uh, Liverpool's a good night out. Yeah, got, that'll have to be an overnight <laughs> though. Your, I was going to say your uh, your criteria is where's the best night out. It is it is a good night out, boys. Where, where, where's the hooters? We'll well we'll have to book hooters in advance for me, but um, yeah, we'll look at the army today. Good night out, Merseyside. If you fancy our next year, when Everton go down. Yeah, whenever I think go down, Burnley's result today um, makes that a really good. Well, Watford and Norwich are pretty much gone. I wouldn't fancy going to Norwich because no. it's a bit of a trek. Don't you don't want to go to a strip club in Norwich because it'll have six fingers and toes. <laughs> Well, I might, might be into that sort of thing, to be fair. Do you know what I mean? It's got to broaden your eyes, hasn't it? Um, the fixtures for next weekend, by the way, Bournemouth are at home to Millwall and Forrester away to Hull. Yeah, but Ooh, whoever, so that, whoever, that could come down to a goal if, difference. If Forrest win Tuesday, Forrest go up. If Forrest don't win, Bournemouth go up. I think if it comes down to goal difference, I think Forrest go up. Yeah, so I mean, Hull got absolutely no, no, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. If, if, Forrest beat, if Forrest beat Bournemouth by one goal, on Tuesday night, they'll be joined on points and three goals ahead. You know how winning works, don't you? Yeah, Forest win, they're three points behind, don't they? If they win by one goal. Yeah, but it's a two goal swing. So they're one goal ahead already, it'd be minus one off Bournemouth, and an extra plus one on, on uh, Forest. So that'd be a three goal difference. Looking forward to uh, <laughs> looking forward to the transfer window, boys. Um, any, the squad, any, uh, any links that, that float the boat? I know um, I spoke about Joe Allen a little bit on the way up. I know it's more of a fancy for link than, a, than something that's been serious at the moment, but he's obviously out of contract and stop. With that, I think that, that, without focusing too much on the Joe Allen one, I think there is, a, there is um, a couple of things, obviously with Wales and the World Cup and stuff, it's a case of make sure, he gets, make sure he's got football under his belt. Yeah. We could do a lot worse than just that, and I think we could do a lot worse than having a slightly wiser, older head. As long as the money's not stupid, it's that, that's, that's, similar to the yeah. Abdul yeah. thing. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, much, I, I think uh, is the money right for the deal? I, the, the difficulty with, with Alan, and somebody put up on, on Twitter the other day, and I can agree with, is we're not a retirement home. Um, but if the finances made sense, is it, we're, it, obviously not, we're not going to make any money from a deal. You know, our sort of process at the moment will be by low with an ambition to sell at a, at a, you know, at a higher fee. And yeah, you can't do that. But, but you can't back. play that to a whole squad. No, exactly, and that's yeah. the thing. And that's why, if the deal is right, what you don't want to do is take a big chunk of our available wage budget with someone in the sort of what, early to mid-30s. And, and so what you've also got to think of is... I thought I could get away with sneaking my belt off and putting my feet up, man, but this fucking car's yeah. got eyes on me all over the fucking place. That's a gig. Oh, my God, <laughs> man. Uncomfortable as fuck. Um, but the, with with that though, I think when because of just 
age with footballers and stuff like that, it's difficult for everyone to go, well, you've got to try and find someone with resale value. It's about, like, it's about having that balance. Yeah. yeah. It's like having, if you've got, like, experience head. Pa a palace before Vieira, for example, they had a raft of people all over 32, 35, do you know what I mean? And they went, right, well, yeah, okay, that is, that is retirement village. They turned yeah. out and say, right, well, actually, you've got down to early 20s. Would you benefit of having someone like a Joe Allen in there with Absolutely. 20 minutes here and a half Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you think, Ed, if, yeah. you, if you're losing Fulton, Fulton and you're losing Smith, you're not... I, I don't think it's a wise move to replace those two with up-and-coming up midfielders with little to no experience in the Championship. You get... Joe Allen, I, I think if, he, if Joe Allen came back to the club, he'd be coming back for the right reasons. Yeah. He could contribute to the style of football we play, right? And like I touched on before, we're all going into next season really confident, yeah? Obviously, you know, we're basing it on an exciting end of the season, right? Um, and Flynn Downs telling every fucker that we're going to win the league. So we're all excited going into next season. There's expectation at the club now for the first time in, in a short while. We don't start that season well, and the crowd turns. Yeah, there's pressure yeah, on the manager all of a sudden, yeah. pressure on young players. It ain't gonna hurt to have a player like Joe Allen in your dressing room that just just calms everyone down because he's been there, he's done it, he's seen it. Do you know what I mean? There's not much in football that he hasn't experienced. So, I I I personally would like to see him part of our squad. I don't even I don't think he has to come in and take Downs his place necessarily. Do you know what I mean? But we, you know, we there's enough. There's that. enough games to, it, for everyone yeah. to get the football he needs. It's not a bad thing if Grimes has a bit of a rotation. And, and look, know, at the end of the day, if he does sign, he's off to the World Cup at some point, isn't he? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The thing is, if you turn around to right, he's on the same money as Corey Smith, for example. Yeah. He won't be, but yeah. No, no, but I'm just saying, right? You, you, you look at it and go right there too players were playing in a very similar position. I know Smith can't play wider or try to we tried to put him out wide. But you turn around and say, right, well actually you know exactly where you're getting with Joe Allen, but you've got the slight the leadership element to get the wider head as well. If it's the same money, yeah. Actually why not? Yeah, I, mean, I, I look I don't think it's the think, worst. I think worst our transfer policy in the summer is gonna be get rid of some of the players before we bring them in. That's it. And it's what Bennett's doing. It's signing someone like... Bennett will go. You know, judging by Martin, if there's any takers of Bennett, he's gone. That's quite clear from Martin's interview of the day. Um, I think a lot of our transfer activity will be based on what happens with mainly Perot. Um, and I, I hate to say it, but you'd imagine a lot of the business we want to do will be based on somebody leaving. Um, and if Piro goes, he goes for big money. And I know people say you don't want to become a signing club, but realistically, if you want to add five or six additions, yeah, you leave money yeah. into the door. And, you know, if Piro's come in for a year and scored 24 goals or plus, hopefully, if he gets a few against QPR, if he comes in for a million, we have him for a year and we make 15, 20 million off him, and then that funds the whole rebuild of our squad on the marketing project. It's good business. Well, there's a couple of things I'd say to that, right? There's big, much, much bigger teams in the football pyramid that rely on the we'll sell one big player yeah. every year, every two years. Yeah. And, and I, you can even go as far up the pyramid as Porto and Atletico Madrid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, how many times they yeah. got Torres in? They went up, off we go. Then. It's, it's one of them, on it? And it's I, like, I, I you think don't want to keep losing players like that. I think signing signing someone like Joe Allen, Ethan Ampadu, like we discussed. You know, anyone fucking I mentioned earlier that I'd like to see Ollie McBurney come back if we lose one of our strikers in the window. Um, it, it, it all has to fit in 
around the rest of our transfer window basically it yeah. is going to be reliant on people going do you know what I mean um, so yeah I guess we have to watch the space really, I, think, but. I think people get up in arms about us potentially signing players but I said earlier um, going to the club accounts which is you know a separate sort of topic of discussion really um, but if, if Piro goes for 15-20 million the money that comes in from that is about 50% of our entire revenue um, so that's that's huge. That's the kind of you know we, we're talking about sort of thirty three percent of total income the entire year could be one transfer on. But you've also got to think of, and we spoke about it on the way up. It's like the you look at what happened when we had Cooper and the last time we got to the playoffs last year, last year and the year before. How many of those players in that squad were built on? throwaway transfers and I, I mean that not from a they were crap I mean that from a yeah. they were loans they weren't our players we were yeah. developing somebody yeah. else's yeah. academy players but I, but I and, feel but if you get rid of the pay, if, but if you turn around and say right well actually you get 15 million after any sign-ons and agent fees and stuff like that if you go out and buy four players five players that are actually our players you actually you actually build a core of a squad yeah. or you build yeah. on a core of a squad as opposed and then you you dot the odd loan here and the odd loan there as opposed to going right well actually we're just gonna throw we're just do you know what i mean there, there yeah. seems to be in any squad um that that brings in loan players for me there always seems to be a tipping point where one or two is fine where you know they're obviously trying Four to make a name for themselves they're playing yeah you know they're playing for the right reasons they're playing playing to impress their parent club Playing for a new contract elsewhere, etc., etc., trying to get the career off the ground. Um, but you have to question, right? Are those players invested in team success in the same ways that those who were on four-year it, contracts? It's, yeah. it's not even that. I, I, I feel. And you don't want four or five of them. I feel the reason there's a lot of excitement towards next season for the first time in a few years is because for the first summer window in however many years, we're not facing the prospect of replacing half our match day squad. Because we, you know, we we lose. Who are we gonna lose? We might lose someone we sell. We might lose a couple of out the contract. A couple of out contractors. But those are the people on our teams. Though. And 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 Wolf and Finley Burns. But but yeah, but like you said, those we lose them on our teams. Whereas yeah. last year, you look at what we were losing. You look at the quality that was going out of that squad, and we lost virtually the entire spine of our team through the fact that the deal was just at the end of the season. And you know this. This was my criticism of, of, uh, of Cooper. As in, as you, the loan yeah. players, you mean, obviously. The loan players. Yeah. Are you out of contract? You know, you, you look at the first game this season. I think I think it was eight people started for us this against Blackburn that didn't play in the playoff final. Yeah. You know, the, the other thing I'd say with that with loans is because we're developing other people's players, the terms and conditions to get those players in yeah. basically means that the clubs we loan them from. Basically dictate your match day yeah, team. Yeah, absolutely. Granted, yeah. if you're going to bring in a bigger quality than the players that you've got in, you're likely to play them anyway. But then it's like, right, well, actually, no. If you want this player here, you need to pay us this. You're actually spending probably more money on loan fees and, and all yeah. that shit. Actually, bring the player in at our time. If there's no right to play that player, or you can play, you can be adaptive with your squad. You can then have do that because you're not governed by the funds. Of the or the contractual wranglings of that loan signing, Speaking I've spoken I've spoken about Cooper before, and I you know I always loved Cooper, 
and I think it's very divisive where most people seem to really dislike him for the job he's done and some people say he's done a great job I think it's fine to be somewhere in between and the way I've always looked at Cooper is I think he's done a fantastic job and he's an absolute top bloke but I, if I had to have two big criticisms it was that the football was poor it's not always great under Martin but the intent is there and the other criticism which I've spoken about a few times here he's he always seemed to be very short term in his thinking and he, he always got results because he always done everything he needed to get results now there was no succession planning post results post season if that makes sense it was do what we need to do bring in what we need to bring in now to get those results and get them quickly and you know I, I think we are suffering post Cooper a little bit because of that and like I said I think this is the first time now we go into a season where the core of players we're finishing the season with who've finished the season and bar today in, in decent form we, you know, they, they'll be around next year. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, yeah. Go, going back to loan deals, would we all be in agreement that Wolf's been a success and, and yeah. we'd yeah. all like to see him back next season? If the terms are right. Um, apparently, I read an article today that, that he'd be keen on that as well. Like, I, that's not a surprise to me. I think he's. Uh, well, he appears to settle really well, doesn't he, in, in, in terms of the team? If and, I may, and if I may a massively critical, I think he's been really good. Yeah. Do I look at him at this moment in time and think he's a top four or five Bundesliga standard player? Not no. at the moment. No, and I think no, that might suit not. us because I yeah. think he's a fantastic player, certainly at our level. If he was, we wouldn't be getting like, anywhere no, near him. Exactly, and that's my point. I, I, I think hopefully a move that will serve him well if he does come back. And my concern with Wolf coming back on loan is he's a player who's cost him 8 million and you ain't having him for 18 months for nothing yeah. and does that go back to the point of if you end up spending a million pound on a loan or someone who's really good but there's no there's no sell on value for us there's no there's no value you're not buying for bringing an asset you're paying a fee yeah exactly yeah. Uh, and, and that, I don't that like would talking be, about players as commodities that, but that's yeah. essentially how you've got to look at it and that would be my concern Cyrus Christie's been another successful loan signing um, he's out of contract near Fulham, but they have an option to trigger another year. I personally think they will protect themselves, um, as I've said earlier, because they don't have to. They, they can still let him go for free at the end of the window if they feel that's something they want to do. But why would they not give him the option to make a fee prior to then? Because he's performed well for us. For all we know, there could have been a few clubs in touch saying, "Look, great you know." Today. Yeah, let us <laughs> let us know how that uh, situation plays out, and there might be a club that's in a position to pay a fee for him. I personally think they'll trigger that one year. Yeah, if he's available, and again, I like Christy, and he's done a good job. The deal has to be right, um, and I don't. I, I'd like to think he wouldn't command a huge wage, but he'd become one of our better paid players, and you know, even on a free transfer, it's a, it's a big wage to take on. So. Yeah, like I said, if the, if the terms are right, we'd be silly not to. But I don't necessarily think we'd be the only club knocking around. On a on side note with yeah. uh, Christie, has he, did he play for Forest during his career? He came out and the fans gave him a warm reception and he sort of clapped them back just at the start of the match. And I think he did, didn't he? So, um, Possibly, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think he might have played there. But, um, we could give him a clean sheet bonus. <laughs> yeah, that's safe money. <laughs> Yeah. Ironically, we've kept yeah. a lot of clean sheets this year. It's just when we fucking concede, we don't do it once. Yeah, yeah, we we fucking go big, do we? But um, yeah, but nearly the end of the season, boys. So uh, to, to wrap up, how do you evaluate it? 
overall good. as a brand of football because this yeah. is what I think we've lost over the last couple of years I yeah. think it's been good yeah it's been enjoyable um, in that regard I think there's a I lot think, of positives yeah. based on what we've said about the loans the, the type of transfers yeah. we've got we, where we've moved to, away from loans and towards main players um, I think our January window was exceptional um, on the premise of we, Christie's been really good to the point where we're pretty much all in agreement of yeah. we want to bring him in S- yep same with Wolf. Um, same with Wolf. Oberfemi's been the breath fresh air since coming in yeah. how many times in the last couple of years can you say we've had a 20 goal striker and a 12, t- plus they, and right, 12 goal they, striker they, they both would have hit this year if Oberfemi had that's, that's start, what I mean like, so yeah. like, if you're looking at it as a season review imagine how many goals those two would have scored yeah. if they'd have had the, a whole year together this one um, I think that, that there is issues with the depth but I think you can't build you can't depth, build a project yeah. an entire no, one year depth so. and resilience I think I think we've hit every objective this season that we would have wanted and I and what I mean by that is we've got to finish around mid-table maybe a couple of positions lower than we'd want but about mid-table which is fine um, we had a poor poorer start than we did a finish which shows that we've grown and progressed as the season's gone on a few key players look to have developed um, under the style and mainly Cabango under that yeah. I think he's been excellent over the last few months. Big, big miss today. Yeah, and a, a big miss, of, you know, against Bournemouth um, when he went off. Um, and I, I think the other thing is, I think it's a season where Martin has found out who we can and who we can't trust. Yeah. So I think with the with the finances being announced, and we, you know, we seem to be in a positive position compared to a lot in the league. Um, you know, low debt on an even keel. Um, so I, I think the club is in a good shape going into a summer window for the first time in a long time and I think it's definitely a platform to go and build and add in who we want to take us forward and you know we, we've seen a lot of these projects in the past I'm not trying to compare Martin to a Klopp etc but there's a lot of managers whose first years are not necessarily fantastic but they found out about their squad what they can and they can't trust that's the what, second I season, think that's I, what your first year should be for yeah, yeah. and you don't normally get it and I think no. Martin's benefited this year that a lot of a lot, so many fans, including myself, were, were desperate for a change in how we play. That we almost wrote off the chance of playoffs, and because we've had a strong end, it's given that feeling. Like I just said, you know, for me, it's been a season that's you've almost written off the season, but you feel like you've got a good foundation now. All of a sudden, yeah. to go forward, but you yeah. know, knowing typical Swansea City, we'll lose Perro for about twelve million, and Russell Martin will get a job offer in Norwich and fuck off there. So. <laughs> Yeah, watch your space. End of season quiz. Which, well, it's not a quiz about the season, and it's not a quiz about the swans, but let's not let that get in the fucking way. Question one. Rude Van Nistroy will start his first senior management job in the summer at PSV. Who did he finish his playing career with in 2012? Schalke. Real Madrid, didn't it? No, you're both wrong. It was Malaga. Okay. <laughs> the Lioness. Yeah, do you remember that time when Malaga had a fucking shitload of money? Yeah. That Cazola, yeah, right, Isco, yeah. and Van Nistelrooy playing Champions League, didn't he? Yeah. Santa Cruz and Van Nistelrooy up front. I didn't realise on this story with Santa Cruz. Yeah, um, the Lionesses will take on which three countries in Group A of the Women's Euros in July? Um, Scotland. What? What is Euros? Eh? Scotland. 
fucking Sweden. Italy and Sweden. No, no, the correct answer is I do not give a fuck. <laughs> okay, Kevin Betsy is now the manager of Arsenal under-23s. For which nation was he the sole flag flyer in the Premier League? So the only person from this country to play in the Premier League. This is quite interesting. Give him the fucking Isle of Wight, doesn't he? Shit, no, um... Carachau, was it for instance? No. Faroe Islands? No, it was the Seychelles. Seychelles. Crazy. On loan Natwich keeper, Matt Gold, grandson of Bobby, got a short call up for which teams at World Cup playoff in March? New Zealand. Correct. So is that you one up? Yeah. Six questions in. Fuck all right. <laughs> <laughs> These questions are popped to the fucking side. Alright, okay. Question five. Which Belgian Pro League outfit hired ex-Arsenal wide man Mark Overmars as technical director following his exit in disgrace from Ajax? Texting birds, wasn't he? Yeah. Standard Liège. Club Bruges? No. No. Royal Antwerp. I'll take the first answers each time. Okay, which man who has managed Barnet in five separate stints has led the non-league England C squad since 2003? Fucking, what's his name? Is it Mad Dog? What's his name? Martin Allen? Yes. Is that your answer? Yeah. I'm not clear. No. It was Ian Fairclough. Number eight. Italy's embarrassing World Cup playoff exit to North Macedonia means their last knockout game in the competition came in which year? Right, fuck it up. Can't be 2006. It's when they it won is it. quite the start, that. 2006? Yeah. When they won the final? Yeah, correct. Fuck. That's got to be first, surely. Yeah. What was significant about the women's Champions League game between Barcelona and Real Madrid Top on March the 30th? Highest attendance for a women's game ever, 90 odd thousand. Yeah, go on, I'll give you a bonus point if you can guess the... Uh... Go on, have a, we'll have a little game of uh, guess the attendance for that one. 92,147. Higher or lower? Fucking higher or lower? Give me up! <laughs> no, go on, it's fairly close, just to give you a clue. 93,800. Oh, Alex, you're close, that's 91,553. Okay, next question. Which national team was the last to retain the World Cup and in which year did they manage it? Brazil, 74. Ooh. Go on, Martin. You both correct, wrong with the year. They would have done it in 62, so they would have done it in 58 and 62. Uh, right. What did it in 74? Was it West Germany? A Barnsley starlet, born in Berry, made his international bow for Hungary in March. Who is he? I'll give you a clue. We've recently seen him grace the Swansea.com stadium as a substitute on Bank Holiday Friday. Yeah, it was on holidays. No excuse. Um, yeah, like, 
Barnsley player, born in Bury, made his debut for Hungary this year. It was Callum Styles of Barnsley. Ah, okay. Yeah. Which which Spanish city and what stadium will stage this season's Europa League final on May the 18th? Yes, that is the city. Also, what stadium? What stadium? I'm not sure what Sevilla, Sevilla Stadium is. Where's Sevilla Stadium? The Ramon Sanchez Pizuan. The only reason of that is West Ham obviously knocked them out. Um, yeah, they were getting this there, is they? the one year they really want to fucking get the finals of it, as we are. So this not let them keep the fucking trophy. This, you know, this one is quite an easy one. Um, who is the youngest player to score in a Champions League final, aged 18 years and 327 days? It was the winner in a 1-0 victory. Champions League final, 18 yeah. years old. I'll give you the year as well if you want. Yeah, go for it. 1995. Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, I actually would have been so I, I would have been four. So they lost on a penalty. Again, no ex- no excuse. Clive. Correct. Scotland's last World Cup came back in 1998. Which midfielder bagged their most John recent Collins. goal? No, not the first goal, the more recent one. It was scored against Norway, I believe, in the second game. No. He was a midfielder. He's done a fair bit of media since. McFadden. Was famous during his. Now, maybe before his time. Uh, was famous during his playing days for not having any front teeth. That's about as good a clue as I can give you. Do you remember the goal against Norway? Keeper caught no man's land, ball over the top, and he just lobbed it over him. No. I remember the one Jim and Jilton scored the reef, they drilled it at him from the edge of his box and he parried it up in the end and just looked over him. Yeah, same. Uh, that was that against Morocco. Morocco, Morocco fucking yeah. pumped them. It was Craig Burley. Oh. Craig Burley. Only one striker in the history of the Premier League has racked up 500 appearances. Who is he? One striker. One striker. It's not Shearer. Sharon. It's it's a striker that I I don't know to have had any serious injuries, which has obviously helped him t- towards the start. It's not Sharon. But is he any fucking good? Do you know what? He had a fucking good career for his ability. He got good feet for a big man. He's uh, yeah. He's a big crush. No. <laughs> However, he, he has played for England at major tournaments. Lesbian Ferdinand. Not Lesbian Ferdinand. Defoe? No. Oh. I'll, I'll give you one of his clubs. Aston Villa. Dublin? No. Oh. I'll give you another one of his clubs. Wigan. Fucking Hesky. Correct. Correct. Emileski, 500 appearances. Yeah. In June, Wembley will host 
the finalissima. I think I've said that correctly. A tie Maybe. between which major tournament champions? That's random as fuck. The finalissima. Is that the Copa Libertadores and Champions League? Uh, no. It's a game which the will Euros play host. The Euro winners and the World Cup winners. No. It's a game that will play host to the champions of Italy and Argentina. What a fucking rave that will be. That's random as fuck. Wembley will fucking. They won't turn anything down, will they? No. Is that the game that Keeley is supposed to be his last game? Say again? Is that the one where it's supposed to be Keeley's last fucking game? They'll still be charging fucking 90 kilo tickets for that fucking thing as well. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I'm not sure, but well, they've got to they've got to win their league to to do it, nay, and they I don't think you've been going to, are they? Mm-hmm.